Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. Good morning, everybody. Penny for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. So glad you're with us here, 905, 70 degrees. And on this uh, Tuesday, August the 14th, it is just an hour for me today, so this will be kind of a sprint to the finish line at 10 o'clock. After 10, it'll be Paul Rudy and his team with On the Money. We invite you to stay tuned for that. That'll be coming up in the 10 o'clock hour. Just an hour for me today. We'll have some open line time here at the beginning. Some of the uh, topics of the day, I'll just put those on the table. You can choose to discuss those if you'd like. Think about those. If there's something else you want to bring up, you can certainly do that as well on the open line between 9 and about 9.40. And then we're going to have uh, Chelsea Norton stop by from the Champaign Park District this weekend, in case you've not kept track, is the Taste of CU. And we'll uh, get a preview from her what's happening this weekend, the musical acts, all you need to know in regards to that as you get ready for another weekend here in Champaign-Urbana. Glad you're with us. Phone numbers, as Gene mentioned, 356-9397. You can always text us. That's always open, 3515-357. And you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Some of the headlines today, Champaign Council member asking for assurance on any potential football Friday nights at McKinley Field in Champaign, this all part of the Unit 4 referendum. Urbana appellate judge reprimanded. We'll talk about that in a little bit if we get a chance. The pay for substitute teachers. I wanted to throw some numbers at you. What do you think a substitute teacher makes here in our area? It varies a little bit from district to district. Not a whole lot, but a little bit. A new Gallup poll out talking about capitalism versus socialism. Got some numbers on that. Also numbers on the effect Tiger Woods had on the viewing for the PGA. When they joined the PGA on Sunday, and they joined it, you know, mid-round on the last day, the first guy they showed on the screen was Tiger Woods. There was a reason for that. (laughs) Cardinals stay hot. They've won again. Matt Carpenter has just been ridiculous lately for the Cardinals as they start to make a little bit of a move. That's some of the sports news. Football practice again uh, today, and I was over in Springfield last night. I'll tell you about that, why we were over there. All that coming up in a quick hour here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Back to get it started after this. We're on Penny for Your Thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS. Glad you're with us. Just an hour for me today, so if you want to get in, uh, you need to get in now. We'll have a guest for you at 940. We'll talk about the taste of Champaign-Urbana. And Zoe is first up, our leadoff hitter. Hi, Zoe. Good morning, Brian. I just thought I'd call real quick because I found a couple things and I didn't want to forget them before I got them onto the air. And I'm calling regarding the firing of Peter Strazak or Strock or however mm-hmm. you say that name. <laughs> I, do, I don't I've know. never I, figured out how I, to <laughs> I haven't either. I don't know how to say it. I've heard it because three different I ways. Look at, yeah, I look at different I look at the spelling, then I look at how different people pronounce it, and 
I complained about how Sean Hannity always said struck, and then I started reading and going, maybe it is supposed to be pronounced that way. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, whoever he is. <laughs> um, I'm calling, first of all, I wanted to say, you know, people are saying that he was fired over his, his, just, uh, his freedom of speech, and that's a big lie because we know there was a lot more to it. You know, that he, what he wanted to do, for one thing, um, not just saying, you know, he didn't like President Trump, but wanting to actually um, do something about it. And there was, and then uh, today it came out that um, he, um, he sent uh, classified information through an unsecure, uh, I forget if it was a text message or email, to his family, which may have benefited his wife, Melissa Hodgman. And I'll tell you, we, people should look into the wives of these people, um, uh, like Peter Strazak. His wife, is uh, in uh, October 2016, was appointed to a very uh, high position in the Enforcement Division of the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission. And she could, uh, could have uh, protected the Clinton Foundation, for one thing. Mm-hmm. And um, also she scrubbed her Facebook page to take out all the friendly things toward the Democrats, Obama, and the Clintons. Uh, and that's, I, I looked at her old Facebook page, which was interesting. Mm. So people might want to look into some of these women that are married to, for example, Nellie Orr, married to Bruce Orr, and um, uh, Jill McCabe, uh, who got a lot of money for her campaign. She's, she's married to uh, Andrew McCabe, I think it is, and uh, she got a lot of money from Terry McAuliffe, who's very corrupt, um, the governor of West Virginia. So, so Virginia, anyway, yeah. Just, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just wanted to point these out real quick and and thank you for letting me spout off a little bit. Oh, sure. And uh, <laughs> no, he uh, in the test, in the, in the you're talking about the text he exchanged to her with an FBI lawyer, Lisa Page, with whom he was having an extramarital affair. So right. that was kind of another layer on that. But uh, right. also the, I guess, uh, one of the uh, the FBI's Office of Professional Responsibility determined that a 60-day suspension and demotion from supervisory duties was appropriate, but the deputy director overruled him. The FBI defended, saying the deputy director had the authority to do, quote, as deemed necessary in the best interest of the FBI. Right. And practically the entire seventh floor of the FBI which is the high administration area, has been cleared out between resignations and firings. And uh, there's good reason that that's, the tr- that's true. So um, so anyway, I just wanted people to uh, be aware. And, and uh, I've been le- reading a lot on The Last Refuge and other places. That's a blog, which I love, and other places. So anyway, thank you, Brian. Oh, very good. Thank you, Zoe. Uh-huh. Good to hear from you on this Tuesday, 9.15 here at DWS. Back to the phones to Dick. Good morning, Dick. Good morning, Brian. I'm calling in about the top of the page, front page of the News Gazette this morning. Yes. Uh, I just, you know, everybody that lives around that football field, that field was there way before they lived there. So they don't like Friday night football. And I, you know, uh, in America, Friday night, Football is football, high school football. So I don't know how the city of Champaign can go against having Friday night football because the neighborhood is against it. 
the, you know, there might be one person that lives in that neighborhood that was there before that field. That field's been there forever. And I, yeah, they bought the house. They knew the football field was there. And I, I just, I think it's going to be terrible, terrible, terrible if we don't have Friday night football for Champagne. Well, I think the thing they're, what they're trying to do is uh, they're looking at language that would, uh, would not bar it, I guess. I mean, the plans right now are for the varsity games to continue to be played over at Centennial's Field, at Tommy Stewart Field, which they share. Uh, but I guess I they, I, I guess they play what freshman and JV football at McKinley. Is that right? Yes, sir. yes. Sir. Yeah. And maybe someday, someday Champaign Central could have their own football field back there at the original field. Hmm. That's where, you know that's where at one time they played. And I, you know, I'm just saying that you know we, we if it would have been if the field would if it would have been built out north of Champaign, none of this would be coming up. That's where it should have been. And that's the kind of problems that's created by putting the school in the inner city like it has. And that's, I just think it's going to be terrible if Champaign says the kids can't play football on Friday night. Well, we'll see what happens uh, with it. But uh, I know, uh, you know, now with the neighborhood is, is the issue for Friday night games uh, because of the neighborhood that's built up around it. They just, it would be too many lights, too much, no parking, all of that. Is that the big issues that they're citing? Uh, well, I, I don't know what I, I don't I I haven't got that far into it. I like mm-hmm. to fell out of the chair when I read it this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that they're not going to allow Friday night football. I mean that's America. Friday night football is America. Oh, oh you, sure. Go down to Texas and stop Friday night football. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be know, tough. That Champagne Urbana's. We got these people that are never happy. Is all I'm saying, Brian. They're never happy. And they're going to take it as far as they can take it. And everybody that's, you know, I, I, I don't have any game. You know, I'm 66 years old. I don't have anybody in program anymore. But I played Friday night football, and I know what Friday night football was. And, and anybody living around there understands what Friday night and that football field is. They don't say nothing about the swimming pool staying open late. No, that's true. So that's yeah. that's just me, sir. And right. uh and I've seen that top page story. Everybody wants to talk about Trump and this and that. This is something, a real down-to-the-earth hard issue in Champaign right now that the people better wake up and get their city back. That's all I'm saying, Brian. There you go. Well, thank you, Dick. You expressed yourself very thank well. You, I, pre- I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Have a good day. Three five six nine three nine seven. Basically what he's talking about is uh, McKinley Field, of course. And right now, the uh, freshman and sophomore teams, uh, the plan is that they would play, of course, at McKinley. The varsity team would practice there, but continue to play over at Centennial at Tommy Stewart Field, where artificial turf was installed last week. And a new home locker room will be built for Central. While acknowledging major roadblocks to having a full-fledged varsity stadium at McKinley Field, including lights and parking, school board president Chris Language allows room for the possibility of playing some games at McKinley. But he also emphasized that the current plan is for Central Varsity football games to remain at Centennial. He said, could some of the uh, games be played on Saturday afternoon? There's been some discussion on that. I think this allows for that to be discussed. So anyway, that's just uh, the story there. You can check it out, our newsroom covering it on the radio, our News Gazette media team in the paper. And as Dick mentioned, it's on the top of the page. And so if you'd like to weigh in on it, you certainly can. Uh, let's go to Doug. Good morning, Doug. 
Hey, good morning, Brian. And on the other front page story on the News Gazette today is about substitute teachers. Yes. I've substitute taught and ran two old schools, Champaign and Urbana schools, you know, and as a scientist, they don't have math and science guys, right? <laughs> so I was called all the time, and if somebody had a pregnancy or got sick, I was in there long term. You know, after all the years in the military, going back to substitute teaching in our schools was like combat. We had 20 or 30 percent of the kids that were doing well, behaving in class and wanting to do everything there, and that coincided with the test findings and all the, you know, the scoring, how do they good on the test. We'd have another 20 or 30 percent, they're totally disruptive. And then you got the another. The rest of them are just kind of caught in between. They go either way, depending on the day. So, say for example, in the high school and the junior highs, you'd have a 50-minute period. We'd end up with 15 or 20 minutes of effective teaching because of discipline problems. You couldn't discipline the students. You couldn't get them to behave, no matter what you tried. The principals would do their best. The deans would do their best to get them to behave. You try to get the parents to back you up, and nothing happened. Uh, if you had a parent-teacher conference, and I had this at Urbana when I taught full-time eighth-grade science there, I had 20 kids that were failing, just didn't do the work, and we couldn't get their parents to come into parent-teacher's conference. Now, the kids that were excelling, the parents were there, they were calling, they were calling the evening, they were helping, doing everything you can. And so anybody comes out and says, especially in Rantoul schools, which are an absolute basket case, why would you go into sub when all you're going to do is get a headache and get tired and get worn out at the end of the day. And after, when I got done subbing at the end of the day, I was so worn, I felt like I'd been back in Vietnam. Hmm. So, I mean, it's not just pay, it's behavior. And, you know, that's been all over the schools and the problems and everything else. And we look at our test results for Champaign-Urbana and Rantoul schools. They're absolutely horrid. But you look at Tolono, Unity, and St. Joe, and Muhammad, their test scores and everything else, the kids are excelling because they're behaving and doing what's right in school. And the same thing when you look at the parochial schools here. You know, so why would anybody go into teacher substitute when you're going into a combat zone and you can't get anything done and you get down to the end of the day and you're totally, totally drained? Well, Even it's, when uh... you really want to do well and, you know, all of us that go to sub really care about it. Taught, you know, I've taught, at the from, taught everything from kindergarten through graduate school now and I tell you, the local schools are a nightmare. Hmm. So you, do you not do it anymore, or do you still? No, I don't. I'm retired. You yeah. know, I've been asked to come back. I've had kids that say, hey, Dr. Rocky, can you come back and teach? We had a good time. And I'm not alone. There were all kinds of really, really good teachers and really good administrators that gave up. And in Rantoul, the the best of the teachers, the word out in the street is, don't go sub because you, it's not worth it. Hmm. You can't control the kids, and the parents don't back you up when you do anything. And that's that's been talked ad nauseum about Urbana schools, you know, and this uh, this new way they're going to do, I don't know, this restorative justice. I don't know how you do restorative justice when the individual is misbehaving and tearing up a classroom. There's nothing to talk about. Hmm. All right. Well, and uh, and the part of the story, and I know you're talking about it, are the school districts across the area calling on substitute teachers by the dozens to help fill open spots. That's in classrooms, teachers don't want to come in in a day. Yeah. The number of teachers that get fed up with it on a given day is staggering. They just can't do it day after day, and so they say, "I can't go in. I'll call in for a sub." Hmm. No matter what the pay is, because it says the list there had Rantoul at the high end of the list. Well, I was up hmm. when I taught full time in Rantoul as a full time science and math teacher. You know, when pregnancies and everything, I was up at over one hundred and twenty five, one hundred and thirty dollars a year, and that's five ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And so the pay wasn't the problem. It's the behavior of the students and the backing of the parents. 
And then when we call the parents in to do something right and get the student to behave, have them come into school, you saw why there wasn't anything. The parent, the parent didn't back the teacher. Hmm. How did the uh, different subject, how did the observatory go the other night? Oh, that was incredible. We had probably 600, 700 people out there at Meadowbrook Park. People were enjoying. They saw all four planets and everything. Uh, There's going to be an open house this Saturday night at the main observatory down by Willard over the southwest there on 700, and that'll start probably 8 o'clock. So people want to come see all the planets lined up with a sliver of the moon. It's going to be gorgeous. Very good. Stay up late late right now and watch the uh, meteorite showers that have been coming in. But that's like 2 or 3 in the morning. (laughs) Yeah. I try not to be up then. (laughs) Me too. Thanks, Doug. Take care, Brian. Yep, good to hear from you. 356-9397. Open line time here today until about 940. And then we'll talk about the taste of Champaign-Urbana. And then I'm done at 10. It'll be Paul Rudy and On the Money after the news at 10. Tomorrow morning, speaking of teaching, we're going to have two teachers in with me. One from Champaign, one from Urbana. And we're just going to talk teaching as the school year gets started here in East Central Illinois and around the country. So you want to be tuned in for that at 9 o'clock tomorrow, speaking of teachers. By the way, uh, the list, the News Gazette, Noel McGee surveyed 35 districts in Champaign, Douglas, Ford, Pied, and Vermilion counties. This is for substitute teachers. What school districts offer the highest and lowest daily rates? Rantoul City Schools, $115. They'll consider a $5 increase to the area's top payday at a meeting on Thursday. Urbana at 110 Champaign, Gibson City, Gifford, Muhammad Seymour, Oakwood, Paxton, Buckley, Loda, and Salt Fork at 100 $95 a day for substitute teaching. Danville, Heritage, Monticello, and Rossville. $90 Bement, Cerro Gordo, Delan, Weldon, Fisher, Georgetown, Ridge Farm, Hoopston, Ludlow, Prairie View Ogden, St. Joseph Ogden High School, Thomasboro, Tolono, Unit 7, Villa Grove, and Westville. $80 for St. Joseph Grade School in Tuscola. $85 for Arcola, Armstrong, Ellis, Armstrong Township, Arthur, Bismarck, Henning, Potomac, and Rantoul Township High School. Back to the phones we go to Dave. Good morning, Dave. Hey, good morning. Um, about this... Um Upcoming hearings with this FBI agent that's going to be behind closed doors. Uh, I don't know about your listeners, but it just doesn't seem like we're the public's getting a fair shake. You know, the FBI is uh, withholding documents. Um, uh, our elected officials are holding meetings behind closed doors. Uh, even uh, Alan Dzerowitz, uh said this morning that you no know, public has a right to hear what these what these people are saying and i just kind of wondering maybe your thoughts and and the um, you know after all we've had uh, F, uh cia directors go, go back to watergate they, they allowed that to be aired out mm-hmm. uh and then one last thing about the gentleman who called in about uh friday night football uh, I, I i agree with him that friday night football is you know kind of part of america's lexicon or whatever but things have changed, you know, being a former teacher and coach uh, and looking at it from the educator standpoint. Um, you know, Friday night football is after dark, and that's sometimes conducive to nefarious things. So I, 
I think we should give the uh, educators, the administrators, kind of benefit of the doubt on this and think maybe they, they're probably doing what's right. Hmm. And some of the bigger schools, I think, up in Chicago over the years and maybe down in St. Louis have been playing in recent years Saturday games for the reason you're talking about. Yeah, and, you know, I and I have gone to Saturday games, and, you know, it's kind of fun, but I, I think that we just have to adjust to the times and uh, uh, look at both sides. Yeah. All right, very good. And which uh, FBI agent were you talking about? I didn't. There's so many of them. I've lost track of who's. Uh, the one that um, his wife uh, was also involved in it too. Okay. Um, I can't think of his name right off the top. But there's a. I think August 28th. Or Craig Yowdy come on and said, you know, it was a public circus. Well, mm-hmm. the public service was from the. I think from the Democratic standpoint when they went through all kinds of rigmarole to you know, obfuscate the meeting, but uh, I just, I don't know. What what do you think about it? Well, I, d- I just know that sometimes they do those private meetings behind closed doors, so that's the only way they can get them to testify or get them to talk. It's Well, I, they can have them under oath in public hearings, can't they? Well, I would think so, but um, then again, some members of, you know, if you're, of, I've seen before the uh, members of the executive branch, sometimes they do that. Uh, where they don't have to be under oath or whatever, but uh, well, uh, I think the big thing is getting them to talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, way uh, Alan Dzerzewicz presented it today is that they, you know, you don't want to compromise uh, security. They can have what they need behind closed doors and then bring it out and let the, let the public see it. Mm. Uh, but anyway, um, yeah. appreciate your show. Thank All you. All right, hey, thank you, Dave. Yeah, sometimes I know that it comes down to a choice. Either they're going to do it behind closed doors or you're not going to get anything. So it's kind of like, well, I'll take half my loaf. Uh, Anna Wall, how are you? Good morning, and I wish that the News Gazette and the WDWS would stop facilitating my social thought. <laughs> but I, I love you. That's why I'm calling. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling about, I wish they quit picking on the judge. Now, I don't know a thing about law when they state that at the outset. But the one judge who has impressed me so positively, when I read the paper and see the attacks made on him, it infuriates me. I am, let me state at the outset, I'm a sociologist major with three degrees, double masters and a bachelor's from the University of Illinois, and taught sociology for 42 years. Now, this article that's in the newspaper about Judge Steigman attracted my attention because I agree completely with what he's doing. And I wish people would get up off his back and follow what some of the things I read he has said. In the newspapers. Now, the fact is that the man is trying to, the way I interpret it, improve society, whether it's in uh, the medical arena or in the criminal arena. And I am suggesting that all educators, particularly, read this particular article in today's paper, saying that. Chief Justice Steigman receives official rebuke, and, and that's why I'm calling. And I hope that uh, the people who begin to see things the way that I see them 
that this is the man that's using his talents trying to improve society rather than to uh, facilitate the continuations of some of the atrocities we have. All right. Hey, thank you, Anna Wall. We appreciate it. Thanks for the call. Three five six nine three nine seven. Michael Kaiser is here. Yeah, we've been covering the um, Judge Steigman story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I know the newsroom and the news gazette media has been doing that. Basically, got a reprimand, which is the lowest form mm-hmm. of I don't know. Some people call it a slap on the wrist or whatever. Yeah. Basically, he would he was present lectures or present speaking engagements to kind of educate or you know kind of have an open session. But uh, he basically said. And you've you've covered the story. Uh, said, hey, I made an error in judgment. Yeah, he's admitted to that, and he got a reprimand. It's yeah, somebody filed a complaint. And that the, the, the he obviously got paid for those speaking engagements, um, and he made good a, good a chunk of money over a couple of year period. But mm-hmm. he uh, used you know judicial letterhead, which was the concern of some people that were involved in, the, in looking into the situation. And that's in you know it's something he you know as you mentioned, error in judgment. Maybe maybe should not have used a let a official letterhead for something like that. Um, and so, yeah, just the reprimand. Of course, we've had the story on throughout the morning. Of course, it's on our website as well. And, uh, you know, he's been on the show many times over the years. So, Well, a commissioner and appellate judge in Cook County uh, concurred with the decision in part but disagreed that Steigman deserved a reprimand. She said uh, this is a great public humiliation and shame that naturally occurs as a consequence of this type of proceeding. She also cited his otherwise unblemished and exemplary judicial career. The uh, majority agreed Steigman deserved a reprimand, and uh, Steigman, for his part, had said previously the uh, solicitations were unseemly and agreed never to seek paid speaking engagements from persons whose business is likely to come before the court on which he sits. Because he's had some different tips for police officers, tips for attorneys, uh, basically expressing his uh, wanting to share his love and knowledge of the judicial system. And legal system. Uh, the, others, the concern also was the, his ability to be impartial, which they said that they didn't think it impacted his ability to be impartial in his court proceedings. Because he obviously he's going to have a lot of the groups he spoke to, he was going to have before him. And the other side, like the criminal groups, were like, well, he wasn't speaking to those. And so like there, oh, there was concerns okay. from that from that aspect as well. Um, but uh, they did not. They determined he. Um, it did not impact its ability to be impartial in, during proceedings. All right. Well, thank you for covering all that oh, and yeah. our news team. And you've got more news here, and we'll get back to uh, more phone calls. We've got uh, Taste of Champagne coming up as well. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Before we talk about the taste of CU, I hope you'll have a taste of the Beef House over in Covington, Indiana, a great place just across the state line between Illinois and Indiana. Beef House established in 1964 for over 50 years. People have been venturing that direction to enjoy Great steaks as well as chicken, pork, pasta, and seafood. If you're looking for a smaller entree, how about a Beef House hamburger or cheeseburger? Somebody mentioned cheeseburger soup the other day. A filet or cod sandwich, maybe a breaded or grilled pork tenderloin. How about a Philly cheese steak sandwich? Or maybe get a great Beef House salad. Make that your meal, a cup or a bowl of soup available. Of course, the wonderful Beef House rolls, great desserts, ice cream and sherbet, sundaes and cheesecake, you name it, they've got it. We've got all the drinks. Uh, enjoy fresh brewed coffee. Hot tea, iced tea, milk, 
maybe a cappuccino or soft drink. No matter what you're hungry or thirsty for, the Beef House has available for you. With family and friends in town, maybe for weddings, maybe family reunions, getting ready for school, the last big trip before school starts, make it to the Beef House. Covington, Indiana, just off I-74. And again, they are on Eastern Time, so keep that in mind. Got a couple of texts in. It says, I played high school football at Centennial in 1984. High school football is for Friday nights, not on Saturday. And uh, good morning, Brian. Do you remember if Northwestern took action against the late coach Randy Walker when Rashidi Wheeler died from heat exhaustion back in the 1990s? Uh, He says, or this person says, I think D.J. Durkin should be fired. Of course, the Maryland coach is on uh, leave right now as they investigate uh, potential abuse out there at Maryland in uh, College Park, Maryland. Anyway, those two texts came in on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Real quickly, today in history, 1935, the Social Security Act became law, creating unemployment insurance and pension plans for the elderly. 1945, Harry Truman, the president, announced that Japan had surrendered unconditionally. 2003, the largest blackout in North American history. Don't know if you remember that or not. 2003 hit the northeastern U.S. and parts of Canada. And on this day, August 14, 1980, this man accepted the nomination for president from the Democratic Party. Fellow citizens, I thank you for the nomination you've offered me. And I especially thank you for choosing as my running mate the best partner any president ever had, Fritz Mondale. With gratitude and with determination, I accept your nomination. Jimmy Carter, 1980. Of course, lost that election to Ronald Reagan. All right, back to talk taste of Champaign-Urbana after this time out at 945. All right, back on Penny for Your Thoughts. Good open line segment. Now we're going to talk a little bit about the taste of CU. We're at 948, 75 degrees. Chelsea Norton is here from the Champaign Park District. Hi there. How are you? Doing? Oh, I'm, I'm awesome. Yeah? Are you uh, keeping busy this week? Uh, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> keeping very busy. It was actually really fun. On my way over here, I drove past Westside Park, which is where a taste of CU is held mm-hmm. this weekend. And it was so it was so alive. Um, a lot of our operations crew is out there. The tent people are out there. We're putting up fencing. So it's really fun to see it start to come together. I'm checking out the weather forecast. It looks okay, I think, right? I haven't I mean, uh, even looked. I have no idea. Y- do you not look for... We're kind of obligated to roll with it no matter what it is, okay, right? So right. <laughs> I don't yeah. even know. Yeah, I'm just assuming. I'm just sending out good vibes. Yes, that's uh, positive vibes. And so coming up, it starts, what, Friday night, right? That's right, Friday at 5. So mm-hmm. it goes 5 to 11. Um, so that's the big opening night. We have music scheduled all night. All the food vendors will be there. Um, community booths kids entertainment you got it and then saturday it's 11 a.m to 11 p.m mm-hmm. and this event used to be earlier in the summer it was in recent years yes. they moved it to august right yeah yeah we moved it to august uh i believe four years ago if mm-hmm. i'm remembering accurately mm-hmm. it's hard sometimes um but yeah august has really worked out for us because june has become quite rainy 
and a, mm. a little sad. So August is a little warmer, a little mm. sunnier. So it's been very nice. We really enjoy it. And I think, too, over the years, they shortened it down a little bit because it used to be a mm-hmm. three-day event, I think. Now it's Correct. down to two. Yeah, you know, vendors um, really struggled in, in staffing that Sunday. So, you know, after communicating, that's what we do every year. We always try to talk to the people that are there um, and the people that come to the event, too. What could we do to make it better? And so what was decided was that Sunday was too much for a lot of the vendors. So to make it really just a robust, fun, just like awesome event mm-hmm. shorten it up make it all happen friday and saturday so when you talk to vendors uh, do you try to get new vendors every year do you have repeats yeah. uh, how, do, how do you handle that and a little of both so um i'm not going to take any credit for organizing this zoe stenson our special events manager she's the one that puts this all together and um <laughs> she yeah she works really really hard to get people to come back especially the ones that have a good time you know we want them to come back Mm -hmm. but also to have someone new um, to spice it up a little bit so this year is actually a really stellar year we have 30 food vendors we normally have around 23 24 Mm -hmm. so that's a pretty big increase for us and then 14 of them are new um, to the event so that's pretty cool too so if you feel like oh taste I've been there, done that, eaten the food. It's fine. Nope. It's all new. (laughs) Half of the vendors are new to the event. And I'm guessing they're vendors that you haven't been to before. There's some really great barbecue. Um, Wooden Hog Barbecue is a place that's just opened in the last couple of years. And I only hear awesome things about it. So there's quite a few out there that are new and you should definitely try it out. Do you try to get a variety? Yes. Yeah, that's important. So if we if we get too many applications, that, that would be too many to fit in the park. That's where we start culling. You know, we can only have so many pizza places. Although it's important to have pizza places. You know, people come with their kids and some kids Slice are, of pizza is what they want. Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, exactly. So for sure. But, you know, you can only have so many. So we have to kind of cull that a little bit so that there's a good variety, which there is. I mean, we have everything from barbecue to like Thai food to frozen treats. Uh, we have a coffee vendor, Nitro Cup. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're mm-hmm. a local... Um, food cart (laughs) they're not quite a food truck but um, they're at the farmer's market every Saturday so there's a little bit of everything we're on uh, Penny for Your Thoughts, visiting here with Chelsea Norton from the Champaign Park District Westside Park, uh, Friday night 5 to 11 Saturday 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. for the annual uh, Taste of uh, CU, I'm trying to think how many years we've been doing this, This oh man, well you all have been excellent supporters for a very long time, (laughs) Um, Taste has been going on for 48 years, I was going to say, it's nearly 50 yeah yeah, that'll be yeah. special. Ooh, we should. I'm sure we're planning to do something <laughs> special for fifty. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this day and age, and you and I were talking about this. Like, I don't, uh, I don't use cash as much as nearly as I mm. used to. And there, when you come in, there's no admission to get in. Correct. Donations are accepted, of course. Uh, but also, when you buy your food tickets, yeah, you, uh, you have ability now <laughs> to do credit cards and everything we do. else. Right? Yeah. yeah. So um, a lot of people ask about that. You know, do you accept? credit cards yes we do how does this all work so essentially what you do is you just hop on into west side park so there are there are six entrances so we do fence off the entire park because we do offer um alcoholic beverages now Mm -hmm. so there's four different craft breweries that are local to cu plus some domestic options um but there are six entrances so just cruise through one of those Mm -hmm. um you know like you said it's free to enter but donations are accepted it helps us just keep the festival going um and then just go to the center of the park you know near the fountain in west side park and that's where you'll find our ticket tent so you can purchase any number um they're in five dollar uh sheets 
So just get what you need and come back if you need more. But cash and credit are accepted. And so then use those when you go to the vendors. And parking's just around the park usually. People just kind of yeah. park all over the streets. Yeah, people, um, I think, get concerned. They think, oh, downtown parking is hard. But it's really not. There's a lot of street side parking around Westside mm-hmm. Park. And on Saturday, uh, the meters and the parking garage is free. So mm-hmm. take advantage of that. And Friday after 9, the meters are free as well. So mm-hmm. it's. I've never had problems. I say it's worth it. Carpool, bring your friends, you know. Do the thing. There's also CUMTD. I mean, if you're into that, take an adventure, ride the bus over. <laughs> Another minute or so here with Chelsea Norton. So uh, bands, we've got I know, yeah, tons yeah. of fun and others are in there. So yeah. Absolutely. Yes, we're very <laughs> excited for that. So yeah. Friday night, we have four different bands playing. The headliner is the Tons of Fun Band Friday night. So we're super excited for that. They bring a lot of fun. I don't know if you've heard. <laughs> Yeah, I actually know the drummer pretty well. So, yeah, do you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Larry is awesome. We're mm-hmm. very excited to um, have a really great lineup. And then Saturday as well, from 5 to 11 p.m., we'll have live music. The closer Saturday night is Elsinore, which is a pretty huge um, local indie band. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've had their music on TV shows and things like that, and they're, they put on a really fun, vibrant performance. We do have some pop-up performances happening during the day, though. So if you're at Taste, maybe between that 12 and 4 p.m. Um, time, 40 North is helping us out doing some Friday Night Live style pop-up performances. Mm-hmm. So there will be music pretty much all day on Saturday. Oh, and the Pie Run is Saturday morning. I oh, forgot yeah, to talk about run, that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Pie Run is a lot of fun. You can still register. You can actually register on site. We used to do that around 6 p.m. Saturday night, but we're doing it at 1030 um, Saturday morning. So that okay. way you can, you know, do your Pie Run, get pied in the face if you choose to at the end of it. Most people choose to do that. <laughs> Get your slice of pie and then enjoy the festival. And that's about what? Is it a three mile? It's a 3.14 mile yeah. run. So it's playing off the mathematical term pie. Yeah, okay. But then yeah. also pie is okay. served. I and get it. You can finish flying pie. <laughs> <laughs> People have any questions, they should uh, what, go to the website. Yeah, yeah, mm. you can visit champagneparks.com slash taste, or we do have a Facebook event page, so feel free to ask us questions mm. in the discussion there. And uh, no pets except for the service dogs. Correct, right? correct, yeah. yeah. If you have a service dog, certainly you need that, but otherwise leave the pets at home. So That's right, thank you. Uh, <laughs> anything else we need to cover? We pretty much... No, I think just mm. you know, take a chance, stop by, bring the family, just have a nice evening. Mm-hmm. I think you'll be surprised at how much fun yeah. you have. And new vendors. New, vendors. new vendors, so yeah. many. <laughs> Very good. Chelsea, good luck with that. Thank you. It's going to be fun. Right, say hi to Joe for me. Will do. <laughs> Keep him in line, okay? 9.56, back in a moment here to wrap it up for today. <laughs> that was a really fast hour, wasn't it? Am I right, Adam? That was really fast. We're at 10 o'clock here on uh, DWS. Almost. Glad you're with us. Thanks for being with us today. Appreciate Chelsea Norton for uh, stopping by for a few minutes. Hope you'll check out the uh, Taste of CU coming up on Friday night, 5 to 11. Saturday, 11 a.m. to 11 p. at Westside Park in downtown Champaign. And uh, if you don't get downtown a lot, maybe, well, where do I park? Well, the parking garage is free on the weekend there, and it's not very far away, actually. If you don't uh, mind walking just a, I don't know, it's a block over to the Virginia and a block over to the park. It's not not very far. So I hope you'll do that. All right, uh, the folks with On the Money, Paul Rudy and his team are in next here at uh, 10. And I'll be back tomorrow. We'll have two teachers with us in studio, one from Champaign, one from Urbana, as we get ready for school here in 2018. Thanks for being with us today. Thanks for your phone calls, emails, and texts. Thanks to Adam for his help. I'm Brian Barnhart, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. The news is next.